Welcome, everybody, to the PCC Institute for Health Professionals podcast. My name is Pete Wright. I'm here once again with KP Kalsa. KP, how are you today? Hi, Pete. Doing well, thanks. Excellent. So you are, uh, again, our esteemed instructor at the uh, Institute for Health Professionals. Uh, and today we are going to be talking, uh, we're going to be delving in a little bit deeper on herbalism, uh, talking specifically about preparations and doses. Well, right. This is the most misunderstood area of herbal medicine uh, in the United States, and uh, let's try to set some things straight. Well, I sure would love to. I, I'm assuming that more is not better, and we could start with something like that. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that, because uh, I was about to say that more is almost always better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you're very right. It, it, you can't assume that more is going to be better, that's for sure. But the leading issue in uh, American herbalism is uh, dose. Uh, people are used to taking drugs, and they take their one uh, Lunesta to go to sleep, and it has a sledgehammer-type effect. Herbal medicine tends to be milder, and so people just don't have enough experience with these milder medicines to know what an appropriate dose would be. So they take, uh, let's take valerian, that's a, a common um, Western relaxant that people take before sleep. If they take their one capsule like they would take the Lunesta, uh, it's not going to do anything. So when they, you know, they look at the 10 capsules in their hand, that's the equivalent dose, and they say, well, look, if this was Valium, I'd be dead. Uh, it, uh, it bothers them, you know, and they don't know where to go with that. So the We've had an epidemic in our culture of sort of over-promising things from natural remedies. They work very, very well, but we have to get the dose and preparation straight, and we're really struggling with that. We're the only place in the modern world that still is struggling with this with this issue, but because we had a 70-year dry spell with no natural medicine, people haven't had the experience that they need to figure this out. They didn't see grandma and all their aunts and uncles sure. taking herbs. It's, a, it's so much of a cultural, uh, a cultural acceptance of Western medicine that, uh, that everything can be taken care of in its sort of smallest possible package. Yeah, and we've had 100 years of drug development to really uh, perfect that. Um, herbs are really more like food, and I, I think if we think of them as specially selected gourmet foods, it's a much better way to understand what they're supposed to do for you than uh, just one compound in a pill. So when you take a, a capsule of echinacea, there's uh, 10,000 different chemicals in there, and maybe 100 of them are active. So you're getting a wide variety of small doses of similar ingredients that are metabolized in different ways in your body. And uh, the result that results in far fewer side effects, a much gentler approach, but equally as effective in terms of symptoms. But everywhere around the world, people are used to taking much higher doses uh, than we than we have gotten used to here. And we just need to be serious about figuring out what the real dose is. So the dose on the bottle uh, that you buy from the health food store, unfortunately, is not the real dose. That's the dose that the company thinks that won't freak you out. So every single dose, you notice, is one to two capsules a day. And that's because they like to continue selling you product, and people don't know the difference, so they just keep buying it, thinking it, might, it must be working without actually being able to feel it. Herbal medicine is feelable, real, dynamic, dramatic, and it has profound effects that you, if you take the right dose, you're knowing it. So it's an educational challenge. Wow. Uh, that, uh, the the freakout model? Uh, is uh, is a fascinating way for you to phrase that. I think Be, uh, you know. There's, uh, I get the feeling that there are, and I, again, speaking from personal experience, that when you read the message on the bottle, 
you were reading that based on some sort of testing uh, rigor that has gone into defining what one to two capsules a day will do for you that is appropriate. So again, back to that, uh, we've been, uh, there's a culture of the process that gets the labels made that it sounds like don't necessarily apply here. Uh, but what you're talking about sounds more like something uh, that is needs to be approached as a lifestyle change uh, rather than just a I'm going to the mechanic to you know fix my carburetor change. Well, very much so. And in fact, uh, wouldn't it be great if that dose was based on something real? But they, I think they have done some testing, but the testing wasn't laboratory testing of that dose. It was consumer testing of asking people how much of this would you like to take per day, not what kind of dramatic positive effects would you like to get from this from this medicine. So we, um, in America, the average dose uh, that people from the health for, food store consume is about 1 60th, that's 1 six zero one sixtieth of the dose that the average Chinese person would take and about one fifteenth of the dose that the average European would take. And you could see why it's challenging for people to get the results that they want from using herbs. I'd like to see people have the great success I know is possible rather than uh, maximum opportunity to avoid side effects. That's uh, I, one sixtieth. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, uh, wow. Uh, so it, it, what's going on in my head right now is the potential practical uh, challenges of taking uh, 60 pills in a day. That's not what you're talking about here, right? Well, we wouldn't uh, administer something in the form of a pill that you had to take 60 a day. <laughs> something like that would be uh, a tea or some okay. other mechanism like that to get it in you that would be more uh, right. convenient to swallow, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the uh, uh, some of the specific herbs here. Let's talk about the three top herbal preparations, as you, as you call them, and, and um, um, that, that folks might know and the advantages of each of them. Yeah. Uh, capsules are the most common uh, way to take herbs in America. People are used to taking pills, so it's the most familiar and it's clean and convenient. Uh, the disadvantage is that it's the most expensive way uh, to take herbs. Uh, the actual herb in there, the cost is negligible, but all the processing, packaging, labeling, shipping, all mm. of that is what makes them uh, costly. And then the issue with people expecting them to act like drugs. Uh, and, and when they have to take 60 of them. Uh, well, right. <laughs> and yeah. And there again, there's this problem with manufacturers uh, want, selling whatever people will buy and not taking the lead in, on producing products that actually are uh, in the form that's suitable to use that particular herb. And we just have to get over this, and it's going to take a while. Uh, in Germany, for example, it's essentially impossible to sell an inferior product because people have been using herbs there continuously. They didn't have this 70-year gap that we had. And so if a company brings out an inferior product, people try it once. It doesn't work. They never go back because they have something to compare it to. Here we don't have anything to compare it to, so we don't know whether that one capsule of echinacea that we took every day uh, kept us from getting fewer colds or not. So the second uh, preparation is uh, tea. Tea is the most popular way to use herbs uh, all over the world, but the least popular here. And the issue with tea is that uh, people expect it to be beverage. So they're used to drinking tasty beverages and herbal teas don't taste good. Uh, and we have to think of them as medicine, not as tea. In fact, the Chinese word for herbal medicine is soup, not tea. Mm -hmm. Tea is something you sit around and enjoy with your friends. 
your herbal soup is something that you take for your health and it's not supposed to taste good. So we have that big hurdle to get over and then you have to swallow a bunch of it. It's easy to do. It's just a few gulps, but it doesn't have the the uh, you know mouth appeal that uh, you know a Coca Cola or a nice uh, Lipton tea would have. Sure, and our, our culture is uh, again flavored uh, flavored teas is tea. That's what you right. get. It's iced tea. It's Starbucks. It's that, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And that so we're having that that challenge to educate people. And then the third uh, preparation is tincture, which is a an alcoholic extract of uh, plants, and that's the most common in Europe, but increasingly popular here. Um, unfortunately, people have the idea that somehow when an herb is extracted in alcohol, it makes it nuclear powered. And they, they think that a couple drops is going to do something. But when we actually do the arithmetic, uh, we realize that the dose is often significantly higher than the dose on the bottle, which again was put there so that you would buy the product, mm-hmm. not to give you maximum benefit. Okay, and a tincture is another. You drink it, right? That's another thing that we're drinking. Yeah, it's liquid. You squirt. You pour some into some other kind of liquid, like some juice or water, and drink it down. Okay. Why? When would you say that consumers are uh, would benefit from actually seeing a professional herbalist versus just you know going down to New Seasons and and browsing the um, uh, the uh, natural food section? Yeah, this goes back to this issue with the disadvantage here being that nobody had a grandma that used herbal medicine, so nobody knows what to expect, how to do it. They've never seen it. So I would suggest that everybody, regardless of what your intention is, go to see a professional for even just one introductory session and just ask some of these basic questions about dose and preparation and get straight on some of these things. How can I make my money? How can I get the best bang for my buck? And, uh, you know, which herb is going to be suitable and which preparation and what kinds of doses and get some basic idea. Right there, you could save yourself a tremendous amount of money, regardless of the consultation fee for the practitioner. And then you could get some advice on your health uh, as well. So if we lived in a culture where people had grandmas, we'd know that 90% of our boo-boos and tummy aches could be handled with herbal medicine Mm -hmm. using simple teas and, you know, tinctures that everybody would know, everybody in the village would understand, and you go to the health food store and do it. But people just don't have that understanding. So they go to New Seasons and they're confronted with literally a wall of confusion. Uh, just no idea what, what to take, when or how. And companies take advantage of that and sell things that may not be the right form, the right dose, the right preparation in some way to give people what they're really seeking. So it would be great for people to take a class and or see a professional. You know, one of the things I appreciate so much about our conversations is that you are are so uh, expert at taking the long view on these topics. And you've said a number of times that we have had a generation uh, of folks that are conditioned to this sort of Western approach, uh, and we don't have the grandma factor. Uh, but I think it's important probably to have to to share some thoughts about what happened before that seventy year gap that this stuff, is not completely new to us culturally. It's this is we have some history here. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, America was uh, the epicenter of herbal medicine studies. If we go back to let's say 1890, which was really kind of the high point, uh, we had numerous high uh, quality medical institutions, and we were exchanging doctors with. Uh, major cities all over uh, Europe, uh, Edinburgh, uh, Rome, uh, Paris, um, and people were learning about American herbs and Americans were learning about European herbs and it was delivered at a very high standard. 
for various reasons, that whole system crashed within the next 20 years, and conventional medicine uh, ended up dominating. But only here in North America. Everywhere else, they learned to coexist and have been integrated uh, ever since. And so I gave the example of Germany earlier. That's a place where uh, people can see their uh, conventional medical doctor, they can see their natural practitioner, they work together, government health insurance pays for the whole thing, the government um, actually documents the and approves the validity of herbal medicines, and uh, medical doctors themselves, uh, about two-thirds of them pre- uh, prescribe herbal medicine on a, on a daily basis, so completely integrated. Uh, here, we've, we've taken a generation to resurrect the whole herbal medicine system. And uh, we're, we've just gotten to the point where we've done it, and we've trained herbalists, naturopathic physicians, Chinese practitioners, all these people who know enough about what they're doing to be able to actually treat people and uh, get some great clinical results. Well, it's, it's fantastic history that you bring to this topic, and I, I sure appreciate your, your practical expertise. Can you share a few, uh, a, a few uh, thoughts on the class that you're teaching that, that deals with it? I know we've talked about the herbalism course before, but uh, uh, how, does, uh, how does this particular topic integrate with, what you, with your work at PCC Climate? The class that I'm involved in is, with is the professional training course, and there we're actually training professionals. We're training them to, uh, to get an education that allows them to go out and actually practice with real people in the real world. And sometimes they choose to do that as consultants and sometimes they work in industry. We train people in all of the big three herbal systems, which is uh, Western Ayurveda and Chinese medicine. And uh, we answer these kinds of questions about uh, dose and preparations and teach people the truth about how to point their clients toward the, the type of way to consume herbal medicine that's actually going to work. And that's the that's always the frustrating thing to me is that people say, yeah, I took one capsule of echinacea a day for three days and my cold didn't go away, so I guess it doesn't work. Well, they took the wrong dose, the wrong preparation, and the wrong herb. And again, if we went back, you know, I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to steal your, your term, the grandma factor. That's, that's immediately going <laughs> to go right into something. But yeah, we don't, since we don't have the grandma factor, uh, people are just guessing. So we train professionals in this class, and we intend that they go out and uh, actually know the answers to these questions and can help real people on the ground. Well, again, it's it's always a, a illuminating conversation. I know I have certainly learned something today. I hope others have as well. Thank you, KP Calsa, for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure, Pete. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Fi- please find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pcchealthprofessionals, which is uh, it really evolving into a terrific resource for health and healthcare news. Thanks to everybody on the IHP team that contributes. If you're listening to the show on Facebook, make sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show for free, and then you can have the, the each episode delivered to your computer or mobile device as we post each Tuesday. On behalf of KP Calsa, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on the PCC Institute for Health Professionals podcast.